Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? Happy Sunday, my friend. Happy it's good Sunday. to see you, my friend. It's nice to do a Sunday show. It's been a while. It's been a while. They say never miss a Sunday show. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want <clears throat> to complain, but a number of our listeners are getting a wee bit demanding. I, I don't know about you, but I've been getting pinged about where's the show? <laughs> What's the deal? My favorite was uh, I've been listening for a few weeks and there's been no baseball, just two guys, <laughs> just two guys awesome. talking about financial markets. Uh, but he gave yeah. us the five stars. No baseball. So this week we'll do Yankees, uh, Yankees and Mets, you know, starting rotation. We'll talk about Steve Cohen and his his stewardship of our of our great New York Mets franchise. Um, yeah. 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 The listeners, the listeners are dialed in. So thank thank oh. you for all of you who have been along for the ride. Thank you. So um, I understand, not 100% sure, but they're going to introduce a clock, a uh, pitch clock. Dude, you know more about this than me. I only learned about this last night when they ended a game, like two outs, bottom of the ninth, and they call the strike because he, he missed the shot clock. All yeah. Right. Yeah, gamblers, gamblers must be. <laughs> These games are too long. Way too I mean, long. Thank you. Yes. You know, so, for instance, uh, I'm a former golfer, mm -hmm. okay, and um, I was fortunate enough to make a number of trips to Scotland and to your homeland, Ireland, to play golf. Mm -hmm. And they have, uh, they're called links style sure. courses. And I assume it's because, you know, you play the first hole, at the end of the first hole, you, you walk to the second hole. And they go along the coastline and you get out to nine and then you mm -hmm. turn around and you come back. And and it kind of dawned on me that I think these guys started with one or two holes and then kept adding holes because they realized they didn't have to go home. Right, 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 right. Sun came so, out, let's play three more. <laughs> yeah. So uh, golf's too long, basketball's too long, football's too long, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole thing. That's kind of, but, but by the way, um, way to stick the knife in the heart of one of our most important listeners. Uh, You're we have a friend. His name will he will remain nameless. It's a he. Okay, been to fifty fish shows. Never once has he heard <laughs> them play this song called Fee, and. Um, I, I probably heard it two or three times before I realized the significance of that song. Mm -hmm. And once I did, um, whenever I saw a license plate that had fee in it, <laughs> I would take a picture and send it to him. I remember. <laughs> and and I even got to the point where it's like, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason uh, we opened with fee is because they played it last night. Yep, and uh, uh, awfully good uh, rendition. I'm a little disappointed um, we didn't hear the whole thing. Maybe we can get Lena on and she can outro with the whole song for yeah, us. Yeah, possibly. Or maybe yeah. I've got something else that we can go out with. Are you teed up for that? Oh yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Oh, mean. oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we might have a little interesting discussion. We got to... I mean, obviously, this is the magic of live podcasting, right? So 
Um, I don't know how you play that and allow some time for commentary. So think think about that while we talk about other matters. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, uh, just to get things going on a real love one another foot, unbeknownst to me, uh, thank you to middle daughter. Apparently yesterday was the National Hate Jew Day. Come on. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Go ahead. Take a second. I don't Go even. on your phone. No, I don't. No, they, I, they, they, it, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Man, I'm glad I didn't know. No, nobody knew about it, okay? Only you guys knew about it. <laughs> well, yeah, false, because. False we had flag to get... operation. <laughs> I, I know it's kind of funny, but. You know, like, I'm sure millions of dollars were spent yesterday hiring security guards. A hundred percent. Yes, for um, sure. On Saturday, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure your. I'm sure your temple in Greenwich had two squad cars in front of it. <laughs> I don't know about Greenwich. I, I'm sure Temple L M Emmanuel in New York hey. had. The Army Ranger Squad. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, um, you know, there's something going on in the zeitgeist. There's this other fellow uh, who I thought for a while had been relatively amusing. His name is, I think, Scott Adams. Okay. You familiar with this? He's the Delbert the yep. guy. Yep, I've heard the name. So he did this thing where he was talking about percentage of black people that hate whites Yep. And percentage of people, yeah, black people that hate whites, black yep. people that are neutral. And he went on this tear about how he's moving away from. So you, you have a number of things going on, which give me some anxiety. I mean, you know, we are caution all the time, but, you know, regardless of what the current data reports, I'm thoroughly convinced the economy slowing. I'm sure the wealth divide with some bumps in the road is continuing. And now you're getting this populist stuff going on. First, you had Trump. And, and I, I just, I want to tread lightly here because, you know, 50% of the country voted for the guy, right? Yep. Now, he was running against a troll uh the first time yep um anyway uh yep. he stirred up the pot and a lot of it is the the hate speech and, yep. and the so dog, the dog whistle like the the stuff that you know he said out loud that people didn't like to, you know he started with i'm going to drain the swamp and then he turned it into you know you know the list you you've heard the list yeah. and that and that resonated with a lot of people that you know were waiting for someone to say that stuff so we're, like I said, we're at a dangerous time because when everyone's working and everyone's happy, these guys get kind of dismissed as kooks. And when stuff's not running so good, all of a sudden people are looking for somebody to blame. And yeah, it's usually the same people. Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, you know, I was thinking about the great leaders we have in Washington and the two first two that come to mind um, Nancy Pelosi 
and Maxine Waters. So I was thinking, you know, now myself being an elderly gentleman, okay, 62 years young, thinking, you know, what have I seen in my life? And specifically since college, so I graduated 1982 and then again in 83. And so we're looking at, um, what's that, 30 years? 20 years. 40. Oh, 83 to 23 is 40 years, my friend. You've been out a long time. I got to, you know what, without a calculator. I know. Okay. Anyone who now wants to debate whether I'm bad at math, there you go. Go to dinner with him. (laughs) But I look at, (laughs) but I look at what's happened in my and our lifetime. But to put in perspective, the telephone was invented in 1876. Okay. Maxine Waters was born in 1938. Jesus. So that's 52 years, right? The television was invented in 1939. So Maxine Waters was... (laughs) One year old when the television yeah. was invented. Yeah, they're on the same page. Nancy Pelosi hadn't even been born yet. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of put things in perspective. Now, these are the leaders of our country. Cutting now, edge of, look, of thought. <laughs> we all understand watching TV is pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of people do it. Yep. But you feel like if that was the modern cutting edge technology when you were born you got a grip on yeah what the fuck's going on today i go with no (laughs) dennis miller character years ago was talking about back when reagan was president and he was saying reagan was on let's say he's 80. yeah yeah. reagan's 80. (laughs) he's got his finger on the nuclear button he said, my grandfather's 80. We won't give him the remote control. True. I I know. I know. So, Dude, Diane, Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein. She's <laughs> in her 90s, right? Dude. All right. Yeah. We've we've done enough. Yeah. Dude, she is she is the 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 case in point for let's let let's let the next generation move into politics because she is holding on by you know like barely a thread propped up there in in congress it, it's 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 a sad state of affairs there so yeah well so now that we got the upbeat portion of the show out of the way going well <laughs> um for those of you who are familiar with my track record of calling the stock market and are bullish be prepared to be delighted because i'm going out on a limb here okay, okay. You ready? Oh, yeah. This thing's going down, and this thing's going down hard. In an orderly fashion? <laughs> no. Oh. So there's that famous quote, it's okay to panic as long as you're first. Okay. I like that. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm going full retard on this thing. Wow. And um, you know, I keep referring to that analogy of of uh, Vince Lombardi. Yep. where he draws 11 defensive guys and 11 offensive, draws the line. You got six guys on one side, five guys on the other. And he says, run where there's five guys. Okay. One of the greatest football coaches of all time. Okay. Yeah. So let's just, for a moment, 
big picture. Okay. Somebody, uh, a friend of the show, sent me this Redfin report, and it deals with real estate. So since June, the value of residential real estate has dropped $2.3 trillion. Yep. Okay. Now, if I recall, we had talked about an article that said about one third of the change in someone's real estate translates to their consumer spending, which is, we all know, is two thirds of the economy. Yep. So if you divide 2.3 by three, we get two and a quarter, we get no, uh, 750 billion, something okay. like that. Mm -hmm. So you wipe that much consumer spending out. Yep. Okay. Then something I completely missed, and I want to thank uh, uh, Bloomberg for pointing this out. I remember it, a while ago, wait till the retired people get their 401k statements or IRA statements. So apparently, your average 401k for 2022 is down 25%. Yep. For those lucky enough to have a million dollars in the IRA, that dropped by 30%. Ouch. Yep. Now, these are real fucking numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you've had 2022 was the first worst year in 100 years for the 60-40 portfolio. Yes. Okay. So these things are all commingled. So I, it could be some double counting. But the 60-40 portfolio you know, blew their fingers off. The real estate stuff is a disaster. The IRA stuff is bad, okay? And you got the stock market is up this year. Yep. Okay. So um, why does old chestnut say there's six more weeks of winter? Um, it's because when you go to look at my favorite market, the U.S. Treasury market, the two-year note yields 480. There's okay. an alternative. There is. So um, as most everyone knows, and if you haven't figured it out by now, shame on you. This is just two guys chat. So I've not really worked through the analysis on this, but for a round number, just to make the math simple, Let's say the two you know yields 5%. Okay. Let's drop all the assumptions of compounding taxes. Okay. So you could sell your stocks today. You could buy the two year note, right? And in two years, if the stock market isn't up 10%, right? You've you come out ahead. Mm hmm. And you haven't taken any risk. Safely. safely. <laughs> yeah. Now, just for the sake of clarity, this notion that the U.S. government's going to default on its debt, I'm dismissing that. Okay. Even if even if they go into technical default, which will trigger these default swaps, I, I still place that at, you know, 2%. Understood. Okay. 
But the last time we went into one of these situations with the default stuff, the treasury's ripped, right? Because I, I, I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying if you got a 20-year horizon, you shouldn't be in equities. But for a guy like me, who's jaundiced with one own, you know, mm -hmm. I don't hear anyone saying they're cheap. I mean, maybe I'm not going to the right places, but, you know, no yeah. one saying they're cheap. And here you got, you know, again, round number, 5%. And, you know, under the, but wait, there's more. They already told you. Yeah. There's there's more hikes coming. Maybe 50. And, they're, they're whispering about 50 again. <laughs> and, and yeah, they're making noise about more. The quantitative tightening is starting to come through the system. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, uh, going to go out and start buying puts on the market uh, like when I was young and foolish. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm ostensibly in just cash and uh, I'm, you know, I'm quite content to be there. Uh, there's going to be things that are going to happen and um, they're going to cause some anxiety. Um, one of the things I'm hearing bantied about now is commercial real estate. Oh, dude, I've heard. And so, yeah. The more you read, the uglier it sounds. Like anecdotally, you see it with your own eyes. And then the numbers, I saw something, just one. I saw like San Francisco was 25%. Like, occupancy rate 25 percent for re for yeah. commercial let's see who's responsible for san francisco i am feinstein and nancy pelosi oh imagine that they're probably home watching tv waiting for the guy to come with the hammer in his Wait, underwear nancy's waiting for the market to open at 9 30 in the morning <laughs> oh she's got some trading to do i mean i just got out of the uh Security Council briefing. I got some trades I got to do. Yeah, when she's loading up on Raytheon and General Dynamics, <laughs> you start start chewing your fingernails. <laughs> Can you believe that even is possible? It's in this world, in this world that we live in, nobody cares, dude. Nobody bats an eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in any event, but yeah, uh, commercial commercial real estate. Talk to oh, me. Commercial about real estate. Yeah. So. I have some limited experience in real mm -hmm. estate. Um, but what's generic to real estate? You know, resi, commercial, industrial. It's all levered. Oh, yeah. No one's no one's going out and buying and building a, a building and putting up 100%. Yep. You know, depending on your relationship with the lender. Yeah. You know, you get an LTV. And um, developers develop, you know, farmers grow. It's just what they do, right? And so the second a developer can get a deal that pencils out at maybe 12 or 14 IRR, mm -hmm. they, they're out hawking it to investors and generally people put money in. But, you know, once again, uh, is a newly minted denizen of the real estate market, I've learned to dig through uh, 
these pro formas, right? Just like you and the missus having some sense of how the restaurant business works, you know that I, I'm just trying to remember from my days, but uh, what is it? Liquor has got an 82% profit margin and you can tell from the sales whether the bartenders are stealing, yep. Yep. Something, yep. something like that. Mm -hmm. So so you go through these pro formas and the developers will pop in a, a, a loan rate of, we'll call it 5%. Okay, two years ago, it was 3%. But that, that those rates aren't available now for a couple of reasons. Number one, general rates are higher. Yep. Two, the credit spreads are wider. Yep. So all of a sudden you got all these buildings, if they're built, okay, they're going to have trouble making the debt service coverage ratios. Yep. Yep. Um, Let me read this. Maintaining loan to value. Let me read this to you. Yeah. Colum Columbia Property Trust. Columbia Property Trust, a large office landlord controlled by PIMCO, defaulted on $1.7 billion in loans tied to seven buildings across the country, making one of the largest office defaults since the start of the pandemic. The firm is, the firm is now working with its lenders, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Deutsche Bank, to restructure its portfolio. The um, Something about they were floating rates. They started, uh, the loans are tied to three Ooh. office buildings, New York, San Francisco, one in Boston. Yeah, the, like it, they bought them at 40, at, they bought them for 516 million you know, 250,000 square foot retail condo at the base defaulted. Yeah. It said like one of the buildings is <laughs> one of the buildings has Twitter as a, uh, as a tenant. Oh, okay. So they, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The loans were all floating rate, meaning Columbia property trust started to feel the pain after interest rates soared last year. So yeah, PIMCO yeah. owned $1.7 billion in loans. They're starting to let the buildings go, you know? Yeah. Well, Jingle mail, here we come. Yep, yep. Once again, you know, not a cause celeb for risk assets. Right, um, right. But we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, I as I mentioned, uh I ad absurdum, I read a lot of research, and um, you know, they've been talking about um in general, the payroll numbers have been very strong. Yep. And Gave Gave Cal uh, did a really good piece, which um, copyright laws prevent me from posting the whole thing. Um, but I, I don't think it prevents me from reading a bit of it, oh, go ahead. if you don't mind. But they, in one of their pieces, they bring up where are the missing workers. Okay, Dude, so great. the first great thing question. is early retirement. Okay. Early retirement because of COVID have caused many people in their mid-50s to stop working and may never return. Such cases likely contributed to a 1% to 1.5% reduction in the labor pool. Okay, so those jobs, to quote Bruce Springsteen, those jobs are gone and they're never coming back. Um, another example, and I don't clearly get this one, but they... They talk about the perceived need to go to college. So that means people are entering the labor force later. Yep, yep. Uh, so that's contributed, although they don't really talk about, um, about that. Um, the number of families are shrinking. Um, this is a good one. 
drug legalization. An important societal shift in recent years has been the legalization, or at the very least, decriminalization of drugs across most Western countries. This has helped remove the social stigma towards substance abuse. <laughs> I, that I don't know that I agree with. Depends, yeah, beauty's in the um, eye of the holder. <laughs> at the same time, young people not overly concerned about developing a career have been given the option to forgo having a nine to five job and instead work on their own schedules doing things like driving an Uber or delivering door DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Opioids. Oh, Even God. before COVID, the U.S. was losing about 70,000 people a year, mostly young males, to opioid drug overdoses. Yep. Okay. And then I think the last one, and uh, I, I, I'll let you draw your own conclusions, um, obesity. It is sometimes said that out of three Americans, one will weigh as much as the other two together. Totally. Um, it's undeniable while obesity is a growing global problem, the situation is worse than the U.S. Oh, my God. I, I, so I, I guess somehow they think obesity keeps people out of the labor force. Dude, I tell I, you what, though, that labor force number, all right, 50 years ago when you had, I don't know, let's say you had a neighborhood and there was 10 houses in the neighborhood and five of the guys worked at the GM factory. One was a doctor, one was a teacher, the other was a cop, the other was, a you know, the banker. When the five guys got laid, laid off from the GM factory, the, the jobs number was simple. Nowadays, you got 10 houses in the neighborhood. One delivers for Uber. One's an artist. One's a musician. One's a DJ. One runs a hedge fund. Okay. And the other is a bicycle courier. Yeah. How many of them are really employed 1099 labor employees? And how many are, you know, like kind of have a half job? I feel like that number is so muddied nowadays yeah it's it's by no it's far dramatically different than even 20 years ago the payroll the jobs the careers it's all shifted and it's become dramatically murkier than it was when it was we got yeah. we got a million guys laid off at gm you know so one chart that uh, they have on this which i can't show you but you can probably find it elsewhere it's the u.s labor force participation rate yeah. Uh, that's the number of people who are, you know, yep. available to work in structural decline. So the participation rate in 1990 was called 67. Now it's 62. Wow. So you've had almost a 10% drop in the participation rate. So, you know, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, if I were in my 20s and you know, I had a different experience growing up. I'd be like a snowboard instructor in yeah. the winter. I'd be a, a climbing guide in the summer. Bartender I'd at be, night. I'd be riding my mountain bike. And on the weekends, I'd be sitting on the couch stoned watching old fish videos. Welcome, right? welcome to the 20s and to the, in now. Yeah, yeah. And, and holy shit, if I learned how to play that uh, What's a call of glory? Call to call to duty, call to action. What's that one? Call of duty. Call of duty. Call, yeah. 
You'd that never... sounds awesome. You can sit in your room, like you're just killing people left and right. Out. You can talk to me online. We can put a headset on and we can go. Yeah. You can talk while you do oh, That's like the appeal. You, me, Ed, and EG, we can sit and we can raid, you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, so like you work together? Oh, dude. And there's guys that are so good at the game. Like we could, we could say, look, Liam and Morris are going to play Call of Duty at noon on Sundays and a thousand people will log on to watch. To watch? Dude, it, yes. jeez. Oh, Dude, Amy has a server. My wife has a server at her restaurant that does this on Twitch. The service is called Twitch, and he's really good at video games. He's like an internet micro celebrity where he'll get he has 10,000 followers that watch him play video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got some work ahead of us because we've only got about 3,000 people that listen. Really, it's embarrassing. Yeah, we're gonna up up our content. Dude, the, the job market and the participation. And it's so I've seen it firsthand trying to get qualified employees, trying to find employees that want to work. All right. It's a mm -hmm. it's a it's a Darth Darth market. Is that the word I'm looking for? Darth. The market is dearth. Dearth. All right. It is there is a dearth of employees to find guys yeah. that'll work. Um, guys and girls to work for every. For every rung of the ladder in my organization, it is difficult to find someone um, for the positions that we needed. And it's been like that for three years. There's been open positions that we cannot fill. Um, it's very, very different than 10, 20 years ago where those positions would get hired immediately. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's just it's just vastly different. Um, Bloomberg was saying Bloomberg had a thing about it today about about that jobs market and the, and how the numbers are so dramatically different now how they're paying like like a dishwasher at a restaurant gets $17 an hour now um and wow. how that yeah just like those those this is what bloomberg said after buying a lot of stuff in the early of the pandemic the us and us households are shifting spending priorities to experiences or services and that's a concern for central banks trying to stamp tamp down stubborn inflation Service consumption will fuel demand for workers already in short supply in countries like the U.S. and U.K. and also wage growth while more jobs with better pay is good news. That's what I, I do. I've got more jobs with more money and I can't fill them for both the employed and unemployed. Dude, I've got older guys that that quit during the pandemic and they're not coming back. They're, they're late 50s. He might be early 60s. I, this is only one data point, but mm -hmm. uh Turgut and yep. uh, his wife, our good friend Rebecca, are out. And Turgut's a restaurateur in New York. Yep. And so I made the point of uh, asking. I said, "How is it hiring people?" He goes, "It's eased up." Yeah. We can we can get people now. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, I I don't like to talk work while I'm on the bike sure. mostly because I can't talk about anything. And it's nice to know at at, at my age. I, I went for a bike ride with uh, Turgut and Shannon. Uh, uh, yesterday, and I'd like to say they beat me like a rented mule, but uh, actually, I can feel my fitness coming back a little bit. Good. Um, Shannon, uh, a guy I met through the Leadville, mm -hmm. and I, I think you must have met him somewhere along the days. So he's a a, a good old Texas boy mm -hmm. and man, obviously, but this guy has got a skill for smoking brisket like 
<laughs> I can't tell you. It's like yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. And yeah. then so Turgot, who can cook rings around anybody. Mm -hmm. We had this breakfast the other day of some uh, scrambled eggs with spinach and then some of Shannon's brisket. And because uh, the, the nutritionist yeah, yeah. told me I need to I need to eat a lot of um spinach. Spinach okay. is supposed to be good for you. I could have told you that. You didn't need to pay a nutritionist. <laughs> well, I'm trying to break her in. I, you know, I think uh did I mention she was trying to get me to reduce my my tequila intake? No, that's preposterous. No, I I um it's medicinal. You do it's, you do, you should do a show with your nutritionist where she gives you suggestions and you answer the suggestions. She's really nice. You know, I do it via email because yeah. even my kids know I'm not great on the phone. <laughs> like it's just 40 years of having a phone stuck on yeah, your of ear. Like a, yeah. But um yeah. She says, like, what are your goals with your consumption of tequila? <laughs> and, and I said to drink as much as I can without falling down. <laughs> What kind of question is that? Yeah, exactly. and I don't, I don't know. I don't think she was expecting that. <laughs> well, like eight minutes after I have it, I would like to feel a warm glow in my stomach. Oh, it's <laughs> my it's, spirits will rise. <laughs> it's like a warm hug from your grandmother, right? Like, and pro tip: now that it's legal in many states, <laughs> if you take that with the five uh, milligrams of THC, yeah, you wake up feeling great. I'm telling you, I rode hard two days in a row, Yeah, which is the first time I've done that since I hurt my back. Did you do a group okay. ride? Did you do a I did a, I did a fucking group ride. I saw that. I did a fucking group ride. With extended now, of high speed, is that authorized? Better no. to ask for forgiveness than okay. permission. Okay. But yeah, I went out to a group ride. It, To be fair, it was a coffee shop ride. But to be honest, yeah, we know the, that. I, apparently, the world national Ironman was there. <laughs> yeah, and ex pro, I think Ted King was there. No way! I went through the guest list. I didn't see Ted was there. <laughs> um, I I had heard, you know, a lot of these guys they don't want to give yeah, up yeah, their yeah. occasion. Yeah, okay. So next week at this group ride is supposed to be like the national gravel team. So I'm I'm gonna, I know the group, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go. The beauty of this thing for me is it the, there's only one real climb and it's towards the end. I saw. And so these guys, oh you did a little research, did I you? I looked at the whole thing. I inspected. <laughs> so I hung in there. Yeah. I'm no. very proud. Yeah, it was a good ride. But they um these the young kids, right? They um they're like drilling it on the front, but it's flat, mm -hmm. right? So I've the whole ride's like 21 miles. It's got 300 feet of climbing, right? And the climbing comes 10 minutes from the end of the ride. Take me to the so, bottom, boys. <laughs> so I'll just kind of hang in the back, getting mm -hmm. sucked along. Mm -hmm. And then I've been up this climb enough to know like where you can be in relation to the rest of the guys. So it's like I make it over the top. And um, yeah, yeah, QED, it's good. Yeah, there's so That's much good. of that. I was thinking about this week about how like the 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 similarities between cycling and the market can be. Are, there's so many parallels between them where like 
so it's like chasing momentum and like following the herd and like if you're gonna if you're gonna go on your own like it, it can be glory or you can die um but the smart thing yeah. like you do is to sit and let those kids do the work and follow and follow and follow and follow and you've done it before and you've seen it and you're familiar and you know what to do when you get to the climb it's the same thing in the yes. market when you've been yeah. through all these cycles and you know you know and you can see the younger and spirit Dude, the younger guys charge hard at the front. The wise guys sit at the back and use the aerodynamics. Morris can sit at the back of that group and freewheel. He cannot pedal and get vacuumed along right to the base of the That's climb. And he can have all the watts left to get back up the hill when the kids are worn out from getting to the climb. It's just, it's just yeah. so, there's so many things that are just like experience and skill and like recognizing what and having done it before. It's just, it, the, well, the you're very you, gracious. Yeah. The tools Thank that you. you use on the bike. And you're a good example because like I said last week, when I, I used to I have no talent and I can hang in. <laughs> it was the gray hair. No, it was the old guys. It was the old guys. As the kid, when I was in my twenties, I would see the older guys and I'd be like, we're going to smoke them. They won't even be here at the climb. And then they're at the climb. I'm drenched in sweat, heart rate at 200, and Morris is sitting behind me, fresh as a daisy, still there, and hasn't broken a sweat. And there's nothing more fucking frustrating. And like, dude, the market is is total mental gymnastics and frustration and, <laughs> and reward. So that's the kind of frustration you can feel. You think I'm so smart, I've got this trade on, I've got it figured out, nobody else knows. And then you look over your shoulder and at, not only is everyone there, but they're there with fresh powder and they're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. And the beatings will continue until yeah. morale improves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I love that. I yeah. love that sport. And uh, I'm glad yeah. to be back on the bike. And uh, one of uh, our other friends, listener, Alex, is coming out towards wow. the middle of the week, which is good because I think I need four days to recover from the last two. Dude, you're gonna come home with some fitness. You're gonna come back to the East Coast. <laughs> uh -huh. I can feel my fitness coming up a little bit. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, I can feel my body composition changing. I, I, I mean, not to be, uh, I won't be specific because it's yeah. a little gross. Yeah, but after all these years, I can start to see my body do some different things, and I've just, I know correlation is not causality. But, you know, yep. taking in more hydration, like calling for the hydration oh, and yeah. then expelling the hydration. Yep. Yep. Those, to me, are symptomatic of, of uh, fitness. The same thing with weight, which is, which is counterintuitive. So as I get the early part of the season, as I get fitter, my weight goes up. Build muscle? Which, well, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, I think what it is is your body is getting starved for calories and it grabs calories and it hangs on to them yep okay thinking that your body's in stress and so what will happen is you know i'll be at let's say 155 and it'll be a week of training camp and at the end of the week i'll be at 162 and yep. the first few years i'm like how can I be riding five hours a day and gain seven pounds? Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of days later, uh, you know, I'll be 10, 12 pounds lighter. Yeah. It's because your body's now adapted to the new muscle fat balance and stuff. Like yeah, that. it's amazing. So, um, a couple other things. I, I posted one and um, it's tough to get good help these days, but 
I've asked our uh, web mistress to post another one of uh, Anthony Peters' um, missives. Mm -hmm. You know, he took a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. He's come back on fuego. I know. I, know. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, talk about the pause that refreshes. He's yeah. come up with some spectacular Indeed. work. He, in fact, uh, and I don't know whether uh, this is a segue or not, but he was talking about DJ Saul mm -hmm. at Goldman Sachs. And apparently, not apparently, but as we all know, DJ fancies himself as an artist. And uh, Anthony commented that DJ Sal claims he does his artistic work in his free time. Yeah. And Anthony wonders, how does the CEO of a major investment bank have any free time? And of course, the answer is he doesn't. And he's sloughing off at work. And the board of directors, my opinion, has been uh, fraudulent, fraudulently negligent mm -hmm. in tolerating behavior. And um, <clears throat> you did you send me that thing? Goldman Sachs is offering... Um, somebody sent it to me via text. Goldman Sachs is offering clients the ability to invest in uh, right. Stripe. Yep. So you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but somebody, it wasn't me that sent it. But yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. The last time I remember, keep in mind one of my favorite phrases is the best deals never leave Texas. Mm -hmm. Yep. I seem to recall Goldman did a similar thing a number of years ago with an oil company. And it was with KKR. And it was a love you long time. You're going to make a fortune. Yeah. Only special people. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Goose egg. But to zero. zero. Yeah. Um, it's funny because they've done a pretty impressive job of of hiding their turds. Um, I mean, even though they got one run in the place, um, I would like to remind people of uh, the situation that uh, got swept under the rug. I mean, obviously the IMDB or what is it? Ten, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the J-Lo. Yep, yep, yep. Now, now I think that was either David Solomon or the Lloyd Blankfein, David Solomon transition mm -hmm. where they aided the perpetration of a fraud oh, yeah. of a foreign country. Oh, yeah. With the... They paid a fine. Uh, I'm sorry? They paid a fine. <laughs> With the uh, boilerplate warranty that I may not have this exactly right, this is not the first time Goldman has been involved in some nefarious circumstances. Now, join me, will you, as we go back in time to the country of Greece, <laughs> joining the euro. Now, this is well before your time. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, not well before my time. But, you know, you had the first countries come in as part of the euro. Right. Of course, the UK decided not to join. Um, and at that point, uh, you know, France was in, Germany was in, 
and the debate was Italy. Like, was Italy going to be in? And we had this consultant, and he kept telling me over and over again, I don't care about the numbers. They're going to let Italy in. And the guy was right. Okay. So they get the thing up and running. And I don't remember the exact timing of the thing, but Greece is like, hey, what about me? Mm -hmm. And the guys were like, well, you know, you need the debt to GDP ratio, yada, yada, yada. So again, I invite you to do your own research. But if memory serves, and this is completely from memory, I think Goldman cobbled together some deal with the Greek central bank where they were able to raise debt and it didn't show up either in the uh, Greek national debt or it wouldn't be counted in the debt to GDP ratio. Mm. So that's how Greece got in. An off the books cross currency swap. <laughs> did you look that up? Yeah. How gold. Yeah. I mean, they, they, this, this so it's is, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> you know, you, you know, what's <laughs> I, I find hysterical about this thing. We've known each other a long time, right? And what I get the biggest kick out of is I'll say shit. You look at me like there's not a fucking chance that's true. And and what am I ninety eight percent? My you might be a hundred. There's you might have gotten like a name backwards. <laughs> See, that's that thing. One of our friend, one of our former friends, we used to ride with. Yeah, yeah. Tell the truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. It honestly really is. We had a guy this week who who answered that question about the uh the biggest book in the uh in the in the when you were talking about Greenwich Cat being having the biggest book yeah. in the in the market. And he said, Oh, it was the it was my the guy from um he had the answer and he was like, Oh, the second guy is John So and so from Lehman, who's down in Florida yeah. now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got some pretty good listeners. Yeah. But um one John Hoffman. Things... He said it was John Hoffman at Lehman who would who was the closest in charge of the prop book size at Greenwich. But yeah, like as soon as the show is over, you know, it's not they're no different than me, man. We we, we love our listeners, man. Um they can be a little needy when we can't get to it till Sunday morning. Excuse me. I have a life. You have a life, right? But um I I, I don't think I'm done with Goldman yet. Um I'm just trying to, you, you, you confuse me a little bit. Um, well, in, in, in any event. Uh, well, they got that big, they, what, the, they have their investor meeting? Is the investor meeting coming up in, in Miami? Or are they going to vote? I don't know how that's going to you know? go. I, I just, you know, look, the guy clearly is distracted. The whole thing with, like, the BJ comments, I would have loved to have been in the room. Because I can imagine him saying something and then me going, so tell me, how to taste? What's it done? Are you, uh, yeah, none of that's coming through, unfortunately. Yeah, No. This way. I don't hear it. Great song. This way, fuck it up. 
The crowd is in rapture. Rapture. Dave, we love you, Dave. Yeah, let's lay off some more people. Dude, it's a, it's, dude, it's a great Whitney Houston song. It was perfect. It's a classic. It belongs in the Smithsonian. I played it at my fucking wedding, okay? And what does he do? He comes in. Dude, he must have paid so much money to get the rights to do that to that song. And dude, if there's an article, I don't know if it was the FT or somebody did, somebody connected the dots between yeah. whoever owns Whitney Houston's music catalog and David yeah. found it and got the connection and paid X amount of dollars to, to bastardize I Want to Dance with Somebody, okay? Um, in which he sat at his computer, this is him DJing, he took the song on his computer and made it and just changed the skip track and the beat on it to make it a it's a disaster okay no one in their right mind would be like this is great let's get you to headline Lollapalooza big show on Saturday so night. this is what I'm thinking <laughs> I'm gonna get a big print of the Mona Lisa okay and I'm gonna paint a mustache <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to present myself as an artist. 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 <laughs> so there's this artist, Banksy. Yeah, of course. Guy? Okay. So MB. Banksy, MB. Banksy, MB. There you go. Bring to it, you know? I, I don't know. Look, you know, I'm a big believer in beating a dead horse because you want to make sure it's dead. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, how... how how do the board of directors, I do not get this. I do not get this. I, I'm kind of curious. Um, you know, somebody told me that Solomon's got like a huge chip on his shoulder because mm -hmm. he's made so much less money than all these that. people. Yep. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, one of the former Goldman presidents just went someplace for like a buck and a quarter. So, just yeah. if you're not one of the cool guys like me and Liam, a buck and a quarter means, you yeah. know, 125 million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, DJ, after taking the one third pay cut, as compared to the partners taking the 50% pay cut, mm -hmm. you know, someone was wondering, like, uh, maybe he'll get hired away. No, no one's going to hire him. You know why? Because he's got no talent. Yeah. Yeah, no chance, dude. You know, Where's the motivation? You you get up. First thing I want to do, I want to apologize for not firing people sooner. Okay. <laughs> How about apologize for not paying attention? You know, we used to have a, a phrase. Um, one of my guys, Sevy, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. on my desk. I don't yep. talk much about him out of respect for his privacy. But he had he like me, he would have some associates a little bit firmer with his tone mm -hmm. but you know if he was focused and the analysts mm -hmm. were making too much noise he would turn around and say mind your fucking panel like you're on the submarine yep yep was that hunt for october or something yeah yeah, yeah. mind your panel mm -hmm. so i i just it's a mystery to me how this thing uh yeah continues but uh but we digress um so Going back to the bond stock market, yep. uh, I'm quite content uh, with this notion of sitting, waiting. You know, I, 
you have to admire the results Warren Buffett has done. Okay. We can talk about the advantages. We can talk about this, but the, but the bottom line is the guy walked the walk, right? He got it done. Okay. Yeah. But there was a comment in the snowball, which I, which I read and it gave me a little bit of an epiphany because he has a lot of cash and the woman who wrote the book said Warren views cash as an option. Okay, 100% right, right? But now that option, you're being paid. Who gets paid to own an option? Yep, yep. And, and so that's to me like, yep. uh, I'm just sitting on a, a nest egg here and uh, you know what you do with your money is up to you. I had dinner with a guy last night who very fond of, and we were talking about investing. And I said, look, whatever we talk about, I just want you to remember one thing. Mm -hmm. It's about you. It's about your goals. Okay. If you're cocktail party bullshit, you're on your own, but you know, fig figure out where you want to end up and okay. Mm -hmm. This notion about me and the stock market, I, I've, I'm at the goal line, right? Mm -hmm. My kids are grown, the money's, you know, set aside if something happens to me. So now I get to be Mr. Oh, now's the time. And and we did it in October, November, right? And mm -hmm. and I, I'm I'm waiting for Leslie, Leslie or EG to say, hey Doc, you know, this looks like this. I've been waiting and for Robbie. <laughs> I, I, huh? Robbie's the one you want. <laughs> well, R Robbie's the mechanic. Okay. Like, if you need to understand, like how a, like a complicated product works, day. he's he's the guy. I, not there's no disinvolved. It's just E.G. and Leslie are talented with the charts, and yep. so for me, you know, like I keep saying, if I could stick a pin in a QB dial and I made money, I'd, my fingers would be bleeding all the time, right? So what I've noticed is when EG and Leslie line up with the, they call technical analysis, and my view of the economy and the rate structure line up, which doesn't happen very often, mm -hmm. okay, that's when I'm going in. And it'll be just like last time. I'm going in full bore, hundred percent. Yep. And and but it ain't. There's no way it's anywhere near here. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. Well, uh, dude, nobody wanted to hear that. I mean, we've said that for how long? But uh, it, we they've been chugging along and chugging along and chugging along. Um, but yeah, nobody wanted to hear that it still has to go way down. Mike Wilson said it, and people listened. Um, and they finally lost the support for the 200-day moving average. So maybe you think that that continues to go down. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I. I just earlier in the podcast I talked about, you know, the drop in home values, the drop in IRA, Dude, credit card debt, credit, credit card, card debt, roof. Yeah. Um, where's, where's the tailwind to equities? What's what's gonna get? When, what's gonna happen? That's gonna let you swim with the with the flow of the current. 
the idiot, right. the the unhinged, reckless spending of the American consumer. Well, they yeah, spend like drunks. They spend like drunk sailors until there's no money. And based on number of investment banks, you know, second quarter, third quarter, no mass. Right. So uh, you know, October. Well, this is February. It's October's a long time from now. That seems to be generally the time of year where, you know, they unleash hell. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even the dollars firmed up, which is awful for emerging markets. I'll leave that to, you know, everyone mm -hmm. to understand that linkage. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm starting to shake here a little. <laughs> Once again, I have no idea how much time we have left. Uh, dude, you've done it once again. You've hit it on like the 58-minute mark. So I'm going to queue up one more David David Solomon's other greatest. Dude, he's such a clown, dude. He covered, <laughs> song. he covered a Whitney Houston song, which is like musical sacrilege, okay? You dipshit. And then he did Don't Stop, dude. Don't Stop, like... This is what you, this is the, you have a million songs to, to cover. And he like electronics up this, like, you know, this song, you can get stuck in your head. It's, don't stop, you know. But... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Even I got to throw the flag. I think, I think our work here is through. It's getting good. All right.